Welcome. 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 You're listening to Built by Us. Built by Us. Built by Us. Built by Us. The Bricks. Hey everyone, welcome back to a Brick episode of Built by Us. It's Alyssa and Taylor here, and we are here to talk about a really special piece of legislation today, the For the People Act. This high energy for the For the People Act. So the For the People Act is actually, there are two of them, For the People Acts. They are both in the House and the Senate of the United States Congress. Double the fun. (laughs) Double the, double the bills, double the fun. (laughs) So they are um, sweeping pro-democracy packages that will strengthen all the cracks in our foundation. Ever since the Voting Rights Act has lapsed, we've just been having so many problems with making sure that voting is accessible and that even running for elected office is accessible. So both HR1 and S1, the For the People Acts, uh, HR1 is the one that's in the House and S1 is the one that's in the Senate. And actually, um, it already passed the House, so the Senate could take up HR1 as well. So they essentially both of these acts live with the Senate now, right? They're the ones that need to take action at this point. Um, And they're both like 800 pages long. They have tons of components in them. And we're really excited about most of them. I think I've, I've read through HR one specifically. And the only time that I wasn't excited about one of the rules was either because I didn't quite understand it, or we actually have something better in North Carolina already, um, which is rare, but that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Like Taylor said, HR1 and S1 are like 800 pages long, so the For the People Act is pretty dense, which is why we've made it a little bit easier for you and for ourselves, to be honest. (laughs) We've broken the bill's provisions down into three different categories, and those are making voting simpler, safer, and fairer, getting big money out of politics, and holding elected leaders accountable. And we've actually dedicated a few different weeks here at Democracy NC so that we can learn a little bit more about these different pillars. But today, we're going to focus on just one of them, making voting simpler, safer, and fairer. So here's a snapshot of just some of the highlights in this category. It makes online voter registration nationwide. OVR. We love it. We were so glad that we won it last year for the pandemic. But that doesn't mean that we get to keep it, right? It was a a pandemic-related measure for us here in North Carolina. But it's already in half of the states. And they all seem to love it. So... It'll be very exciting for us, and it's possible that OVR wouldn't only be connected to the DMV. They could start working on it with other state agencies, which would be pretty exciting. There would also be a measure for same-day registration on Election Day. We have same-day registration during early voting here, and we love it. We've done tons of research about how uh, frequently people use it and that it's a necessity for folks who either move a lot or thought they were registered and it didn't happen, you know, all the different reasons that something might go wrong. So having that on election day too would just be another surefire way for someone to not just miss an election by accident, right? They showed up, they want to vote. It would also make election day a federal holiday. So that would help um, folks vote on Tuesday if they want to, but they, you know, say we're working people, we can't make time on a Tuesday, they'd be able to go vote on a Tuesday because everyone would have the day off. And then one of the other exciting things would be it would end up making voter ID not actually prohibitive to voters. And that's something that's very important to us at Democracy NC because we've been fighting voter ID for almost a decade now. 
this bill would make sure that voter ID isn't as restrictive as it is right now in a lot of states. So like Taylor is telling us, this bill does a lot of cool shit, but we have again kind of narrowed it down into three of our favorite things that this bill really does for North Carolinians and how it can really benefit us. Yes. So one of the first ones we're going to talk about in more in depth is automatic voter registration, also known as AVR. As y'all know, because all of you listening have registered to vote at one point or another, it's just another step that you have to take to prove to the state that you are a citizen and that you live somewhere and that you should be able to vote. Um, So we kind of see that as at this point in our nation's history, it's starting to feel a little outdated. Why do we need to take that extra step to fill out a paper form to tell the state that we want to vote and that we're a citizen? So automatic voter registration would be pretty exciting uh, because, again, similarly to online voter registration, it updates the process, modernizes it, and takes away the extra steps that people have to take to consciously think about the fact that they want to vote and they want to be prepared in time. Yeah, I think OVR and AVR are a lot like each other in the sense that they kind of feel like common sense for just everyone. Like, I don't see a lot of the downsides in increasing access to the ballot in the amount of people that are able to vote. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Like the, it's, it is a common sense measure. Um, If, for example, so say you go to get your 18 years, you turn 18, you go to get your license at the DMV and you fill out all the paperwork that you normally do there. And they send that information over to the state board of elections and you're registered to vote. Currently, they like ask you about it. You have to fill out a separate form. There's like a whole conversation. And what if someone's just like, I don't feel like doing this right now. I'll just do it later. Then they don't register to vote at that time. You know, it'd just be so much easier if it happened without having to go through the extra steps. And for the People Act also states that this could happen in other social agencies. It doesn't just have to be at the DMV because as we know, not everybody drives. um, Not everybody has access to a car and you know, there are other ways that people could get automatically registered to vote. So one of the second parts of this bill that we really love is the fact that the For the People Act would restore voting rights to those who were previously incarcerated immediately upon release. So currently right now in North Carolina, folks with felony convictions can't vote until they have finished their probation, parole, paid certain fees, jumped through hoops, you know, all the different things. And that just really extends the rate of disenfranchisement for a large portion of our population who have already served their time. So it's really important to us at Democracy and C that we restore voting rights to those who rightfully deserve them. Yeah. I mean, rights restoration is a huge topic because you hear about it a lot in the news from Florida, where their system is even more strict than ours. Um, Their governor has to literally talk to each each person and he says yes or no if you get to have your voting rights restored after you've already you know you've served you've done everything that you need to do exactly so yes ours isn't as strict as that but the fact that people have to go through probation and parole when it is easy for someone to end up having their probation get extended time and time again probation is not something that's predetermined. It's something that's unknown. And so it can be really difficult for folks to use that as a timeline for their lives and when they can begin voting again. So on top of the fact that black and brown voters are 
suppressed in all the other ways that our country has made it harder for them to vote. Now you also think about on top of that, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like these people should be allowed to vote. There's no reason they shouldn't. So the fact that different states have all these different specific measures about when someone's voting right gets restored and how that happens, you know, if you just look at the differences between North Carolina and Florida, there's a bunch of different, like other states have different processes. So with the For the People Act, making it so that once someone gets released, they get their voting rights restored. That is what we want, right? And they have to, there was a special, there's like a special line written in there that the state has to inform these people that their voting rights are restored. And I think that's also important because when when we're out in communities and we meet folks who've been formerly incarcerated and they've actually served all their sentence, they still think they can't vote. They think they can't vote forever. And so the fact that they must be informed is also important. And then the final component of this bill that we're going to talk about today is curbing the act of removing voters from the rolls just for missing elections. And this is something that I actually didn't even know was a thing for a while until I started working at Democracy NC. It was just so weird to me that you could really just be going about your day like, oh, I just registered to vote two years ago and I'm all good. And then just randomly not be registered to vote one day. Yeah, it's so it's something that states have to do this list maintenance. And I don't know for everywhere else, but at least in North Carolina, it's biannual. So it happens in odd years. We actually had a huge voter purge is what it's been called in 2019. We had almost 600,000 people removed from the rolls, which is the biggest purge we'd had in our state. And I think, I think honestly, the second biggest in the nation uh, to that point. And then we had another one in January of this year. And I think that was about 300,000 people. So the list maintenance is something that is supposed to be like upkeep. You know, it's the word maintenance, right? It's like supposed to keep things clean and orderly. Um, like the intent is not bad, right? It's supposed to just take off people who have either um, passed away or moved out of state. And like, those are pretty much the main reasons why someone should be taken off, right? But because the system is imperfect, tons of people are accidentally removed. And of course, just like anything else, it happens at a way higher rate to black and brown voters. Um, and then also people who tend to be more transient. So that could be young folks and poor folks. So these people are getting taken off the rolls and they don't know that. And the, the reason the system is imperfect is because our state board of elections relies on mail, snail mail. So if it looks like someone's missed two federal elections, and they're like, oh, maybe this person's passed away. Maybe they moved out of state. We got to take them off. So I'm going to mail you a piece of paper seeing if you still live where you're registered to vote. And then if that person doesn't respond, then they get taken off. So that's the problem. Because there could be different reasons why someone didn't respond to that piece of mail. Maybe they did move, but they didn't move out of state. They just moved to a different apartment or house. Or... Maybe they don't have like a reliable mail situation. They just like don't get mail <laughs> or they didn't open it because it looked like something they didn't want to open. You know, there's there's lots of reasons that people don't. I know I've thrown away important mail before. Looking more into what you said about, you know, how we still use snail mail to even operate in this way. It really makes me look at the For the People Act even further in a way that, like you said earlier, really reveals the foundational cracks in our democracy. Like these are fundamental 
barriers to the ballot that shouldn't exist realistically do not have that great of reasons to exist and when you really look into that and really look at these different um voter registration processes and rights restoration processes it just feels like common sense to want to let people vote if they deserve to vote and so it just becomes really clear when you look at all the great things that the for the people act wants to do all the bad things that are currently happening just because they're slipping them in as these normal things that are like okay let's just add this extra process here and add this extra barrier here and it really just removes the veil of how many barriers to the ballot there really are definitely i would i would think that if a regular person read through hr1 that they would be like shocked like what we don't already have this yep agreed i agree yeah so i think you saying that like all of these rules inside hr1 are common sense we need them so that like you said every citizen who wants to vote can because why make that difficult there's just no there's no good reason to make it harder to vote so now that you've learned a little bit more about the for the people act and how it can make voting simpler safer and fairer head over to demnc.co slash for the people and send a message to our north carolina senators and make sure that this once in a generation pro-democracy package passes